Are you ready to listen to a podcast? Upskilled. Upskilled. Masterclass. Hi everyone, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading the 15th episode of the Upskilled Masterclass. My name's Ralph Tucker. Today, we're going to continue our series of interviews from the viewpoint of a small business owner. These are real people with real businesses sharing real experiences. We hope by them sharing their knowledge, it'll inspire more people to consider taking up a course with Upskill and indeed chase their dream of becoming a small business owner. My guest today is Sue Papadoulas from Publicity for Profit. Sue, welcome to the Upskilled Masterclass. Thanks, Ralph. Thanks for having me along. Now, can you tell us a little bit about your business? Yes, sure. So my business is called Publicity for Profit and we are a national company around Australia running trainings and seminars, mostly trainings and seminars and workshops, um, helping small to medium-sized business owners predominantly, as well as authors and coaches and people in business on their own, get publicity in the media. So getting their stories on TV shows like A Current Affair or Today Tonight or, or The Project or The Sunrise um, in newspapers, magazines, radio shows, as well as digital news, blogs and so forth and we're a company of journalists so we're all journalists understanding what a journalist wants and we find that that really makes a huge difference when you're um, showing someone how to go about getting publicity. Um, So it's something that we find is very easy for the average person to do as long as they know some kind of insider tricks of the the trade in terms of what the media is about um, without having to hire an expensive PR firm. So we're I guess, uh, in a way, disrupting the PR industry, giving people a different option than hiring someone to do it for you. Why is it that you decided to set that up? Did you spot a gap in the market that wasn't being fulfilled properly? Uh, Yes, I I did. And I have a a history of being a journalist, so that was really where I came from. I was a journalist for a long time, and then I uh, went to what I call the dark side of PR. And uh, I, we kind of say that flippantly, but uh, journalists really do look at PR people in that life. If you if you um, are a journalist and then you end up working in PR, it's kind of like going to the dark side and selling your soul to the devil. Um, so I went and worked in PR, and what I found was that uh, as a journalist, I was frustrated with the service that I got from PR people. Often, um, the stories weren't what I was looking for for my target market, and they were presented to me as kind of some kind of promotion for their clients and some kind of spin when I was looking for stories. So I always found that quite frustrating and and alarming that people were paying money to PR firms um, to get them to do this for them when they really weren't that good at their job. And when I became a PR person myself on the dark side and working amongst PR people, I really then did start to think, gosh, um, I don't know what they're teaching in uni, but this isn't really what a journalist wants. So I thought, um, you know, it's something that is relatively easy for people to do. And I had the, my, the experience myself of the, having a business, which was a, it was a membership website for women working from home wanting to start a home business, and it was called homebizchicks.com. And I got that, that website and that business onto a current affair, and that really rocked my business boat in terms of we did extremely well. So... We sold tens of thousands of dollars worth of memberships, which were selling at $20 a month. Um, we tripled our, our database in a very short amount of time. And at that point, I thought, wow, everyone should know how to do this. And it's actually really easy. I mean, for me to get onto a current affair, I threw a press release together in about 15 minutes, and I just went to their website and put it into their submit your story idea box. And they got back to me within one hour saying, we'd love to do a story on you and your business. 
And I just thought, my goodness, if I can do this so easily, then everyone should be able to do this. And I, and I also had my own PR consultancy at the time. And I often would find it frustrating that um, the, the business owner I was representing didn't speak directly to the journalist because often the journalist would ask, would ask me about this person's expertise or ask me questions about the topic of their industry and I wouldn't know the answer because I didn't know my clients instantly. I didn't know what they knew very well. So I would have to go back and ask the client for that kind of information. And in that back and forth, I kind of really felt like I was the third wheel and wouldn't it be better if these two people just spoke to each other? Wouldn't it be better if I trained my client to speak to a journalist and then that would be so much more efficient and effective? So that was really where the idea came from. Um, the, the combination of feeling the frustration about the service provided by PR firms and also knowing myself that it would be much uh, a much better process, a much more effective process if the, if the client could talk directly to a journalist. Now, how many employees do you currently have in, within your business? We have nine employees, so we're scattered all over the country in Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane and Perth and that's a range of um, contractors, you know, not everyone's working full-time, uh, but we've structured it that way because it allows us to be really flexible. We all work from home, so I guess we're quite a different type of organisation where we have flexibility in the workplace, and that's something that my team absolutely love. So it's offering my employees, my staff, the opportunity to do something that's meaningful as part of a really good team, but also being able to work from their own home environment and not have to commute to an office every day. So we don't have the overheads, so we can be really nimble, and you know it just makes for a happier all-round team, I find. Running a small business is obviously something that a lot of people find daunting. Did you have to undertake any extra study or do any other courses so that you were, I guess, ready to take on that uh, particular responsibility? Um, I never did any kind of like formal study, you know, that's, that's some kind of degree level or anything like that. I've always, um, and I haven't done courses as such, I've always had mentors, I've already always employed people to show me how to do things faster, quicker, easier. And um, so I, don't, and I didn't actually think at the start, well, I have to do a whole course on starting a business. I got, you know, advice from different people and, and, and then as I grew and as I learned um, different areas and, and realized things that I didn't know and needed help with, then I would go and find someone who was an expert in that field and pay them to show me how to do it. Um, so I haven't done any specific course. I think, you know, experience in business is the best course you'll ever do. I'm not sure if, the, if you can do a small business course and it be the thing that um, will, I mean, obviously it would help you get some good skills, but really the reality of running a business day-to-day is probably the best learning you'll ever get. You mentioned mentors there. How important was it to have them uh, around you when you got things off the ground? Really important, very, very important. And, I, and it's one thing I, I share with our clients now. It's, you know, it's, it's probably the pivotal thing. Um, I've had a couple of mentors that, have, that I've sought out at particular times when the business and I personally needed something to take us to the next level. And they've come in at that pivotal moment and really helped me take that next step. So I'm all about, um, really for me, it was more identifying people in specific areas rather than a general business coach or a general mentor. Um, I was looking for people who could help me with specific things like um, systems in the business or cash flow management or, uh, in my case, setting up a 
sales funnel and um, running seminars, successful seminars and workshops and so forth, and sales training. So whatever particular thing I've been looking for, I've always sought to get mentors. And, you know, it is an investment and it does sometimes cost a lot of money, but, you know, we're running a million-dollar business and there's no way in the wild world I would have ever been able to do that without those mentors showing me the quicker, faster, easy way of getting there. And what have been the biggest challenges so far for you? Oh, gosh. I think in the early days, it was the amount of work to do. (laughs) And I started business really, you know, my decision to start a business was really one that came out of fear because I I was working for the government in PR and we had our first baby and I was going on maternity leave and um, I was also the main breadwinner in our household. So I realized very quickly that I was going to go have, to have to go back to this job that I didn't want to go back to. And the thought of putting our baby into daycare and doing that terrified me. So the only option I could think of apart from doing that was to actually start a business. And I had to, because I worked for government, I had to resign from my job. So there was, yeah, that was the... Um, that was the the rule the rule that I had to adhere to. So there was no safety net. It was just step off the cliff and make it happen, and which I was really willing to do. And so I, it, it all kind of came about when I started a family. At the same time, you know, starting a business is is a big commitment, which I didn't realise at the time just how much work that would involve. So uh, you know, we then had another child, and the business is growing. So I found the amount of time and effort um, that it took to grow the business and get it started was huge. And for me, travel was a big part of that, so I was off and away. And, you know, having two young kids, um, you know, that was probably one of the biggest challenges to start with. Um, and, uh, you know, since then, and I, I'm not as travelling as much now, we have our team around the country, which is great, and the kids are a bit older and, you know, happily in school and so forth. Um, the challenges that I face, I, I guess, are the same as any other business, my my challenge has probably been really about growing the business sustainably and scalably because um, you know we've, there's no end to the the number of clients we could have. You know, there's a huge demand out there amongst the small to medium sized business owner area for what we offer. Everyone wants to get some kind of promotion for their business without having to pay a fortune for it. So for me, it was more about how do we grow this in a sustainable way that's eventually scalable. Um, and also a part of that was um, getting out of my own way, you know, moving through fears and self-doubt and limiting beliefs and actually just having the self-confidence to say, you know what, we are a force to, to be reckoned with. We are to be taken note of. We are you know, a, a viable alternative to PR firms in, in the country. So, and, and we're achieving massive things for people. You know, they're, they're getting publicity on huge media outlets like Sunrise, you know, recently 60 Minutes, and they're doing it without the huge fees of a PR firm. So um, it took me a while to get okay with myself about that and going, you know what, we are doing really well and there's no reason to be fearful or concerned or have limiting beliefs. And so for me, it's about um, working on myself a lot of the time is actually, you know, getting out of my own way and stepping up over those fears because every time I've realised that I've stepped up over a fear, my turnover increases without fail. So that's that, they've probably been the biggest challenges. I'd imagine time management would also be one of the things that you'd have to be really stringent on. Yes, and I think I, I thank my background as a radio journalist for having great time management <laughs> because in radio, obviously, every second counts. And I have always been the kind of person, I guess, that gets stuff done. 
So with children, I mean, I remember someone saying to me once, oh, how, do you, how do you actually work from home? I, I wouldn't be that disciplined. I'd be sitting down watching Oprah every day or something. And I just looked at them with amazement because when you're a mother running a business, every second does count. So I got very good very quickly at setting up my day, structuring my day to um, work for me and to work around the kids. So if my babies were asleep, then I had a certain set period of time to get stuff done and I would work really quickly to get those things happening. And and now they're no longer babies. Um, I've always been the kind of person who has set up... uh, my schedule to work for me, so I'm an, uh, I'm an early morning person, uh, which comes from a long time working in breakfast radio, I'm sure, uh, and I get up and I do my best stuff straight away, and working from home gives me that flexibility, so I'll get up at you know, 5 o'clock in the morning and do an hour and a half of project work, so I make sure that I'm focusing on stuff that's growing the business at that time when I'm at my peak energy, and as the day goes on and I'm getting more tired and... and you know, my energy, my creativity is fail, you know, failing me later in the afternoon, that's when I do other things like return phone calls and so forth. So I structure the day that works for me and that's what I'm always telling our clients, you know, set your day up. Whenever you're at your peak energy, do your, do your project work then. So yeah, time management is absolutely critical. How would you describe your business model? It's a range of um, products and services and I guess what I was fortunate to learn this early on and this is one of the mentors shared shared this approach with me where we offer um, our clients a, a number of different products in a sliding scale of cost. So people find us, they hit our website or they find us through um, various other means, they come to a shorter seminar, we have the option of them then going to a, a longer training um, and, you know, that's a more expensive cost. And then after that, we have other services as well. So what we're trying to do with our model is um, encourage long longevity amongst the client base. So we don't have one person just buy <clears throat> one product, but the, that happens over a period of time. And as they're um, getting to know us and like us and trust us, then they're going to be spending more money with us. So we find that works really effectively. And I see a lot of people kind of... Um, undervaluing their services and charging smaller fees and competing on price and so forth. But you have, if you have a really good model in place, you find the customers flow through that funnel um, really effectively. Connecting businesses to the media uh, is obviously the core part of what your business does. What sort of role does then customer service play in that? Um, yes, it makes a huge difference. And we've spent a lot of time, effort and energy on making sure our customer service is top-notch. So we do that through um, a lot of points of contact. So when someone uh, finds us, uh, it may be through a face-to-face situation um, or you know, in, a, in a presentation that I might have done or one of our journalists has done to a local chamber group or something along those lines, um, and then we um, get them moving into our half-day seminar. We have automated emails. We have SMS contact. So we're making sure that we have a lot of contact with them in the lead up to that and then after that. So we put in those kinds of systems in place that allow us to provide good customer service without having to pick up the phone and ring every single person individually. Um, we also do things like um, have a great Facebook strategy. So we're connecting with our clients through Facebook and that's a really good vehicle for close relationships and and, and I can't tell you how many times people have message me on Facebook and, you know, we have this program where we message our clients um, and people are always surprised by that and say, gosh, that's really a, that's a really pleasant um, surprise to, to receive a message from you. 
um, demonstrating that there's some level of care towards the customer as opposed to just them being another number in the system. So, yeah, absolutely, customer service is really, really important. And with technology these days, I think, you know, that's one of the beautiful things in social media. It does allow you to get closer to your customer um, and also then receive feedback from them and, you know, positive and negative constructive feedback to then feedback into your business and improve. I guess social media also would play an important role in your marketing as well. What is your overall marketing strategy when it comes to uh, your business? Uh, yeah, we have a multi-pronged approach, I suppose. So, yes, social media definitely is in the mix and uh, we have you know big followings on uh, Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook predominantly. And um, our strategy around that really is about relationship development. So we do do some advertising on Facebook but generally speaking, most people aren't on social media to buy things. They're on social media. They're not looking for an outcome like Google where you, you're looking for an outcome when you search for something. You're searching for something to buy or searching for some information. On Facebook, you're really searching for connections. So that's what our strategy is around Facebook is making sure that we're having connections with people. And so we do have some great strategies in place to achieve that, and that is about the one-on-one connection with our clients through social media. Um, I see a lot of businesses struggle with that and uh, don't put any personality into what they're on. You know, they have a Facebook business page and occasionally post something, or maybe even daily, but it's all always about them, the business, as opposed to being concerned about the customer themselves. So. We have a really good strategy around engaging our customers through social media, which makes a a huge difference. In terms of other marketing, um, I'm pleased to say that we use publicity. So that's been a really um, good thing that we've, you know, and and probably more so in recent times. I've been running the business now for six years. And really in the last year or so, journalists have become much more open to how-to content. Uh, We struggled with PR, ironically, to start with because... No journalist was really interested in running a story about how to get publicity in the media. So we were kind of the the, the most difficult <laughs> company to PR in, in that we'd ever seen. So we found that quite amusing. Um, but in recent times, that we've seen a shift, and I think that's because there's a lot more digital media out there seeking a lot more content. And so I think a journalist's perspective has changed on what necessarily deemed, is deemed as, you know, good quality information. So, you know, we've recently been on Sky Business News, Koshy's Business Builders and some other um, high-profile programs around the very message about getting publicity. So we use PR, we use social media. We also use connections with other organisations that reach our target market. So we connect and have alliances with small business groups and so forth around the country and that can be things like our journalists coming to do a lunchtime presentation or a breakfast presentation, and then we make the offer to the room to come to a half-day seminar. Or it could be um, our, our if someone joins that organisation, they get a discounted or a free ticket to come to one of our events. So we find that works really effectively as well. So I guess it's um, a bit of social media, a bit of PR, and a bit of uh, strategic alliances with organisations that reach the same target market as us. So you'd say even that face-to-face networking would be a key role in not only uh, finding new customers but also retaining the existing ones? Yes, so you can't beat face-to-face, I believe, and that's really why our business model, I think, works really effectively because I'm getting in front of all of our customers all the time in our seminars, and that makes a huge difference. And look, we've done different things like webinars and so forth 
um, and you just never get the same kind of result because people aren't that connected to you. When you can speak to someone face-to-face, that makes a massive difference to the level of connection that you have with that person. And really, I think people are buying from people that they like more and more these days and organisations that they like. Um, not necessarily, and that's, that's influencing their purchasing decisions a lot more than, um, you know, whether the service is, is exactly what they're looking for. If they like the person and feel a connection, then that makes a huge difference. So we work that in terms of, you know, yes, we do go to networking functions, but really for us it's more about can we, can we do some kind of presentation to help people, to give them some good knowledge, but in doing so, we create that connection with a room full of people as, a, as opposed to one-on-one-on-one-on-one on one on one on one, um, and that we find uh, really does work wonders for, for bringing new clients into our business. Now, what would be your biggest costs in the operation of your business? Probably, it shifted a bit in the last little while, and initially it was probably venues and um, the logistics of staging events. Uh, we've recently, in the last 12 months, started a done-for-you service where we actually do do PR for people, and that's more of a higher level, more established business that takes it up. Um, and so probably subcontractors and staff have become a bigger part of the cost equation for me. For me, So we're always looking at you know, what our profit margins are and making sure that they're at an appropriate level. Um, but probably, yeah, now subcontracting staff and, and still the logistics side of running events. And how do you go about managing your cash flow? Um, well, that was one of the areas that I wasn't an expert in when I first started business. And it was actually a, a big part of the reason that I had a fear about starting a business because I didn't have any clue about how to manage the money side of running a business. I was a journalist. I didn't know anything about running a business. So we have a cash flow manager. So I've hired someone who specializes in that area. They're a former accountant. And I found it quite frustrating to start with for the first couple of years that I had a bookkeeper and I had an accountant, but I kind of felt like there was a middle ground there that wasn't being serviced. So the bookkeeper would happily do the figures and the accountants would happily do the tax, but I really didn't understand, you know, budgeting and um, cash flow management and um, setting key performance indicators and profit margins and all that kind of stuff. I didn't really thoroughly understand that. So I was I went looking for someone who could help me and, and um, that person's been a really big part of our growth. So um, they're you know in our business as a again as a contractor, and we meet monthly to look at the reports and make plans moving forward, and that's made a huge difference to being able to manage the business. So that's a great example of an area that I didn't have a lot of experience in, but have got the right people in to help us. Do you employ the services of obviously an, an accountant and a legal representative because there's things there that you wouldn't want to get into trouble, and if you do, you know that you can count on that kind of person get the right advice and that you do have someone that you can trust and so forth. So yes, definitely have an accountant, definitely have legal support. So if, you know, in terms of creating terms and agreements for um, contracts, you know, across with your clients, with your staff, with your subcontractors, um, all that kind of stuff is really, really important and you can't bury your head in the sand and pretend that doesn't happen. In fact, I remember hearing an interview with a successful business person once who said, um, you know, at some point expect to be sued, so plan for that, as opposed to hoping it never happens and pretending that it might not happen. Um, you know, have everything in place, have the right insurances, have the right system, the right structure, so that if that, or in, in his words, when that happens, everything's taken care of.
So it sounds like publicity for profit is definitely growing. Uh, did you initially set up to have an exit strategy? Um, I didn't initially set up to have an exit strategy, no. And I guess I, it's one of those things that I hear people talking about and it's not something that I, that I think about a lot. In the back of my mind is, though, the plan to um, scale it and that means it's being bigger than me. So um, having the, the system set up in place so it's not about just about me and also I realised that probably after the first year or two of running it that to scale it it was going to have to be more than me so I've kind of branded myself out of the business so it's not um, you know it's not just about me it's about our other staff and so forth so you know and and with that setting things up systemised and so forth it gives us the opportunity to look at you know potentially licensing it and that's something that we're looking at moving into in an overseas market like New Zealand um, and then ultimately, yes, would, you know, it's a possibility that it could be bought out at some point. But really, for me, it's about um, uh, having it scalable so that it doesn't have to be me. And I guess that's the exit strategy. Once you have a business that doesn't have to be about you, then you can exit at any time you like. And and for me, you know, that was a big part of that also was um, the desire to go and do a big family adventure overseas in Greece last year. So a couple of years ago, my husband and I made the plan to say, right, let's get our businesses to the point where we can leave them for a couple of months and they'll still be here when we get back and they'll still operate without us. So we managed to achieve that at the end of last year. We went away for November and December and that was actually a really good exercise in getting the business ready to grow because now we have the systems better in place. We have more people able to do more of the stuff that I was doing before and that gives us the opportunity to expand even further. You mentioned there that you're considering uh, licensing the, the business elsewhere. Were you? Did you have any other plans for the future? Um, that's the, that's the, I mean, really we want to, I guess, become more embedded in the Australian market and we feel like we've only just really scratched the surface. We're um, in Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Perth, but there's so many other kind of sub-regions we could be in and, and that's part of our growth this year is going into... Um, other major cities like, you know, the Sunshine Coast, the Gold Coast, Wollongong, Newcastle, Geelong, those kinds of places that aren't CBD but still have big um, business organisations, big business communities. So uh, we really want to um, get ourselves firmly embedded in the Australian market as a viable alternative and a well-known alternative to hiring a PR firm before we look at expanding overseas. And yes, I think you know, the probably five-year plan includes New Zealand and then Absolutely, I know what we do would be massively successful in the U.S. Um, so at, at that point, we'll look at what structure that might look like, um, and then you know, really, it could go it could go many other places around the world because ultimately, a journalist what a journalist wants is the same all over the world, and if you can provide that to them, then you can get great publicity. So you've been very generous with your time. Thanks very much for that. Did you have any? tips for anyone looking to start or run their own small business? I would say do something that you're really passionate about rather than looking at is this going to be something that you can make a whole lot of money out of. Do something that you're really passionate about because it does take a lot of effort and time and when the, when the going gets tough, you need to have that um, kind of motivation and inspiration to keep going because there are times when you do look at it and go, gosh, this is an awful lot of work. Um, so do something that you're really passionate about. And I think when you are passionate, when you're in line with your purpose and your passion, then things definitely become easier. And really, um, the other thing I think I would recommend people do is 
uh, find someone who has a bigger vision for them. So find a mentor, find someone else who can give you those kind of pearls of wisdom that will help you take things to a bigger level. So that may be on a personal level with your mindset. It could be, you know, the way you set up your business, how you structure it. But always be looking for someone who can offer you some insights on how you can do things quicker, easier and better. Sue, thanks very much for your time today. Some uh, really great insights into how to run a small business. I thank you very much for, for joining us on the Upskilled Masterclass. Thanks, Ralph. Thanks for your time. This year's Sue Papadoulis from Publicity for Profit. Sue's story just goes to show if you have an idea, passion and discipline, you too can make a small business work. Thanks for taking the time out to listen today. If you've got any feedback or questions, please head to the website upskill.edu.au. You can check out the Facebook page or follow us on Twitter. You can also leave a rating or review in iTunes, which would be greatly appreciated. And if you really enjoyed my chat today with Sue Papadoulis, please tell a friend. I'm Ralph Tucker. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. And we'll catch you next time on the Upskilled Masterclass. Upskilled. Upskilled. Masterclass.